And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% and on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big Sean McCarthy. It is midweek and we are back. Josh the Punk Thompson, who I just watched in your fight against Nate Diaz, and I will tell you, God damn, you look good. A lot of movement, man. I forgot that you were moving that much. Damn. That's when I used to be lean and good, and now now I'm fat and out of shape and cottage cheese on my butt. out of shape and ugly. Join the club, (laughs) baby. Anyways, we are here for another edition of Weighing In, our midweek edition to talk about the fights that are coming up. You can check us out on YouTube, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, iTunes, and all those things. If you catch us on YouTube, give us the thumbs up. That will lead you and other people back to the greatest MMA podcast in the world today, weighing in with the man, Josh the Punk Thompson. What's up, dude? And yourself. You got to end yourself, of course. Uh, yeah, but it don't matter. <laughs> it's kind of fun. It takes two to tango. <laughs> like this, you know, like just by yourself. It's not always It's not always fun. This is fun. No, I, it's I, not. Really... I, I, I don't know how they do it sometimes. It sucks. If you, you can bounce stuff off of guys. And, and when you're talking with you, you know, I'll say something and you'll go, no way. Or you'll, you'll yeah. say something and I'll think, is he? fucking high right now sometimes yeah yeah sometimes (laughs) (laughs) but that's what makes it fun yeah just if you're being chill and you're talking you know in to yourself it gets boring that's why he does little short clips yeah even chill can only talk so much (laughs) i don't know i think he could i think he can go for a couple he he can go go. for hours man he's fun it's so fun though that he's not the he's not the person that people see he's the no when you meet him he's just an absolutely amazing guy. Yep. Um, all right, well let's let's uh let's jump right into the UFC this week. Um, we're not going to talk about all the fights. Only because the card. It's probably one of those sneaky good cards, but a lot of the fights on there. I think because it is Thanksgiving weekend, people were like, I think they kind of just had guys that are on contract. They need to get the fight yeah. put together, so they did. But Curtis Blades fighting Derek Lewis. John, I got to tell you, I don't see how Curtis Blades loses this fight if he unless he doesn't fight smart. Oh, I do. Okay, let me hear. Let me hear. Let me hear. <laughs> let me hear it. I, you know, this is what people look at Derek Lewis, Lewis, and they think he has no skill. They oh, he think does. he's just this big, strong dude. I don't think that. I think he has skill. He's got good skill. Yes, he and does. they are absolutely right. Is that he is a big, scary, strong dude? That I will tell you in the ground and pound area hits as hard as anybody I've ever seen. Fedor Emelianenko was the guy that I always gave the credit to. Hit so hard in someone's guard. Derek Lewis is that guy that does the same thing. If he is on top of you and you are a heavyweight, you are in trouble. So I'm not saying that I don't think Curtis is the favorite. I agree with you. But if Curtis takes a bad step, goes for a a takedown, a lateral drop, and doesn't hit that thing right, and Derek Lewis ends up on top of him, Curtis is going to be in trouble because the man can crush you quick. This is where I am at with this. I think Curtis Blades, he can, you know, this is a five-round fight. I think Curtis Blades just need to be very cautious and patient when he's on top, especially in the first three rounds. But we saw with the Volkov fight with Derek Lewis, he's got power from the beginning to the end. And that was only a three-round fight. But Curtis Blades needs to wrestle fuck him to death for a good three rounds. If he's able but to do that. What, look at what happened. Same, same opponent. Blades fought Volkov. Yeah. And he got exhausted. Now, he he exhausted Volkov too because he was tired too. 
but Blades was exhausted, and instead of trying to finish the fight in the end, he was more on, I'm just going to ride this thing out because he did work so hard. Yeah, I understand that. I think he's just, when he does get the takedown, he just needs to hang out on top. He just needs to be there. He just needs to be active. I doubt that the refs are going to be looking to stand them up too much knowing it's a five-round fight with heavyweights. You know what I mean? Like, let them get some let them get some work in there. Let them, you know, do the best they can. I just think that Blades has the opportunity. I do think you're going to get tired. If you don't get a takedown or two, you're going to be exhausted. And start, mentally, that starts putting a ton of pressure on you. Like, shit, you know, you know you can't stand with this dude. Like, <laughs> you don't want to stand with this guy. I mean, don't get me wrong. Blaze, Blaze is, he's, he's got decent stand-up, but it's not like Derek Lewis's power. That's the thing. Like you, you've got to be a technician on the feet to avoid that type of power. Volkov yeah. to me is a good, a good stand-up guy, and Derek only needed to find his chin once in the last thirty <laughs> seconds of that fight, and it was over. And yeah, like which you, he had lost. Yeah, completely. And then, and just to go back to what you just said, once he got on top of him, it was nasty. It was it. It was so disgusting what he did to him. I, I was like, oh man, he just violated you. Like he <laughs> he put it down on him, and they, oh, you could just tell. And I, I like to go back to the Fedor stuff as well. But Fedor was a hundred or uh, two hundred twenty eight pounds, two hundred thirty five pounds, somewhere in there. Derek Lewis is not that. Derek oh. Lewis is a big, big boy. And well, he's, he is being smarter. I will give him because he was coming in. You know, he is dropping a lot of weight to get to the two sixty five, and he'd walk back in eating, as he would say, eating ribs and chicken, yeah. and, and two eighty five. Yeah. You know, he's big. Yeah, but he's he's now he's now started doing getting better. He's getting a little bit better. Yep, he's getting yeah, a little better. I like that. He's focused a lot more on his conditioning. I get concerned though when athletes they don't get me wrong. I, I'm I'm happy that he's doing that. I wonder how much of the power he loses though because of that. You know, a lot of the power and the weight behind it, they go together kind of. They go together. Absolutely. You hear all the time about guys dropping weight and like the power didn't translate. But then when they stayed it with their natural weight class, it was there. You know, um, I guess for me, like you look at DC, DC had no pop at 205. Like couldn't couldn't crush a can, you know, but then he got up to heavyweight and he had some power. I mean, he was hitting, hurting people in the gym. I was watching it. Dropping people to the body, dropping people like left and right. Like he's, he's putting some beatings on people. And I'm like, wow, where did this come from? You know, he just, he's just better at heavyweight. LBs. Yeah. Yeah. The LBs puts a little bit more weight behind all your stuff. You know, Um, I guess, I mean, look, I think if Curtis Blades fights smart, he can make Derek Lewis tired enough to where he can ink out the next two rounds, the the fourth and the fifth, but he's got to fight smart. And I think there's a potential for submission there as well. Cause Derek, Derek Lewis is not a, a ground expert by any means. So, but he does have explosive movements to get people off of him. Lately, and this is lately, there's only been one guy that's been able to keep him down. That was Dan. Cormier kept him down. When he would take him down, Mm -hmm. he was able to keep him down. He was able to position his body and do the right things. And now Curtis is one of the better wrestlers in the heavyweight division. He's got good wrestling. Mm -hmm. And so he might be that guy that can also take him down and keep him down. Yeah, but you know, if you remember, you know, Blagoy fought uh, Derek Lewis, and Blagoy had some problems with him. You know, it was a close fight; it was back and forth, but it was the power of Derek Lewis. Yeah. And every time Derek's fighting, he's getting better because his fight against uh, Alexei Olenek mm-hmm. that was a good fight, man. Yeah. He looked good, he did, and he survived. He survived the submission attempts. 
he's getting better, he's learning, and he is now not just thinking he's going to go in there and run people over with his strength and power. He's actually saying, hey, I want to be the guy. I want to be someone that is not worried about being in those positions and can get out of them. And so I think Curtis is fighting right now the best version of Derek Lewis that we've, we've seen. Yeah, I think for a main event, it's going to be a good fight. I mean, Derek wasn't happy with his last, I didn't believe his last main event, correct? As I was watching something on him, he wasn't too happy with his last performance as a main event. And uh, I mean, whatever though, like, hey, this is your chance to make it up. I mean, for me, I look, ever since the balls is hot thing, that was oh, the greatest thing ever. Why yeah. you take shorts off? My balls was hot. Balls was hot. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, dude. The greatest line ever it. in an interview. Yeah, hundred percent. It's awesome. Um, but yeah, anyways, I, I, I'm a big fan of him. I enjoy watching him fight, and like, I like when guys, no matter what, at the end of the fight, are still dangerous. You know, some guys they just slow down so much they have no power and pop, and he still has it. He still has got that crunch. as Volkov. I mean, he just, like I said, he just violated him. Um, you know, Anthony Smith coming off of a couple little things where he just, what is he? He's only won one in his last four fights. One out of his last four. Yeah. I think one out of his last four. He just, it's hard. It's hard. I mean, he needs to make some adjustments. I don't know what it is. I know. I believe what, didn't he go back to, uh, where his family lives and he's like training there now as well, or he's around his family a little bit more often. Well, he, he was, he lives in Nebraska. Okay. He was traveling to Colorado. Okay, now his, his training, but his camp didn't do that last fight, correct? Or his last two camps? Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. Maybe he needs to go back to Colorado or whatever and get some work in there because the last couple of fights he looks. It's been like the wind. He's knocked the wind. Like the wind just hasn't been there. If you're training in Colorado, odds are should be. you should be there. The, the wind should be there. And his losses have been because he got tired. You know his output. He I here's the here's the thing when guys. When guys are used to being in good shape, they go out there thinking they can keep fighting at that same pace they're used to fighting at. And then they realize that they can't fight at that pace, <laughs> you know, yeah. because they just haven't done, if you're used to training at elevation, you just haven't put the work in in those areas to make it happen. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that I could talk about. Look, is he good? Yes, he's good. Is he talented? I think he's got all the, the talent. He's got a, lot of, a ton of talent. He just needs to find ways to, to tweak a little tweak here and there. And continue to fight if that's what he wants to do, but I I can I can't tell. I've seen guys that have spent more time, and it's weird to say this, guys that have spent more time with their families during camp. It's not always the best. Like that's why guys go away for camp. They go and it's sure it sucks and it's painful and you you know you miss out on a ton of shit. But you got to be away from it. I think I just you need to focus and. You know, uh, Trevor Prangle lived with me for years, you know, I mean, I would say probably out of the 20 years of me fighting, he probably lived with me for about 10 or 11 of those years, you know, back and forth from his family and stuff. And his I family. Yeah, yeah. And I saw the best out of him when he came down and trained with us at AKA and he was there and he's away from his family for, you know, for, you know, sometimes he would try to just make it a month. But when he did it a six and eight week is when he had his best performances. When he only made it a month, it meant that he wasn't, he, well, he never came in shape. He was never really ready to spar three hard rounds. You know, I mean, you're sparring with guys up there that, you know, buck hay all day. Don't, don't push you. Yeah, don't push you. And you're the big man on this whole big fish, small pond kind of thing. And that's kind of where we're at on that. And like, so I, I, maybe that might be some of the, the issue as well. I mean, I'm, I, I, I am, I love to see that he's a family guy. I love to see that. When I saw the last, uh, what, little 24-7 for him, I was like, this is so cool, man. You're, I, it made me become more of a fan of him. 
but the performances aren't there. So I and something needs to happen, a tweak here and there. But he he's still good. He's still talented. He still has a lot of well, he still has a lot to offer. I think it comes back to you know you've said multiple times. First off, winning solves everything. So if he's winning, it doesn't matter where he's working out. But if you're not, you're going to have to think about it. Second off, fighting is a very selfish enterprise. Yep, it has to be, and you do see. You know, both men and women that are fighting when then all of a sudden, you know, they're single, they're it's all about them. Then they meet someone and then they get married and things start to change a little bit. Then they bring kids into it. It can change a lot, you know, and it's it's the matter of I would rather be there than where I'm at. So that's what starts to change them. But where being there means that they don't have the same you know, people to go against people that are pushing them, people that are causing them to have to elevate their game and get better. What they're doing, you know, where they're at now near home is enough, mm-hmm. but it's not enough to get them better. And if you're not getting better, you're going backwards. Well, it's not enough to get you better because he's at the top. He's in that top 10. Well, he I mean, isn't now. I mean, he's probably Especially still in the top 10. He gets, a, he gets a loss on this one and he's fighting a tough dude. Yeah. Devin Clark is a gamer and he proved that in his last fight against Menafield where a lot of people thought he was going to get run over. Yeah. And I said, you know what? This guy is tough and he will bang with Menafield and if he can get Menafield tired, he's going to do well. Yeah. What did he do? He got Menafield a little bit tired. Menafield slowed down and that's exi- it's the same game plan for him. So he's yeah. been there, done that. He knows what he needs to do. You know, it's Anthony is that guy. He he starts fast. If he can get into you and hurt you, Normally he gets that win, but then he gets guys like you know his fight against Glover. You know he was hurting Glover in the standup. Oh yeah, he was he was putting it on him. That first round and a half was all him. Oh yeah, but he you know when he couldn't put him away and he put out all of that energy trying, then it got bad because he never got that second win. He stayed tough in the fight, but he never got that second win to get him kind of back going again. And that was because of the pressure that Glover was putting on him, being on top of him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, who else on this card, John? Oh man, you know the the there's a couple of them that I, I really like in this thing. I think uh, I don't know. You know, a lot of people don't know Josh Frisian, who is big for a heavyweight, mm-hmm. and he's he's good. He's tough. He uh, he's got heavy hands. Top, you know, top game. He's got a couple submissions in his uh, record, but he's fighting. Uh, I think Parker or Porter Porter. He's fighting Porter mm-hmm. who is a good solid heavyweight. He's actually got a pretty good ground game, good submissions. He, he loves the Kimura or the Americana. He's always on top. And if he gets that, he's going to either crank you, try to crank your arm one way or the other. I don't know if he's going to be able to get Josh down. I don't know if that's going to in the standup, he's going to have some problems with Josh. And so probably a good fight for Josh. Not the, the best fight for Porter, but Porter can get him. It's, you know, like anything. Anytime two big guys collide, man, get him out of there by a round and a half because otherwise they're just <laughs> laying on each other against the fence. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of weight to move in. Uh, the, the fight that I really do like, though, is um, uh, God damn, Bill, Bill Algin, who you remember against Spike Carlisle. Yes. First off, I like Spike Carlisle. He's fun to watch, and he's a crazy redhead. Mm-hmm. So you know what that means. He's got, you know, farmer strength and he's crazy. But if do you remember who Bill Algin is, remember the last fight when, um, Ricardo Lamas yes. had 
that first round that 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 Bill had. Yeah, he was putting it on. Yeah, Lamas. That's right. He's good. That's right. I'm glad I have you here to remind me of these type of things because I have CTE <laughs> like a SOB. <laughs> so uh, it's uh, it's one of those things that I was like, oh, and then as soon as I saw Ricardo, I was like, oh my god, is that that fight where? And then you said it right after that. Yeah, he yeah he started off great, and then Lamas yeah. just started putting it together, putting it together, and that and it came down to the third round because Lamas picked yeah. him up in the third in the second, and then and then it the, came down to the third. And we had Ricardo. Well, Lama, we had Lama Ricardo on right after that fight. Yeah, and Lamas showed what a veteran fighter does yeah. in a hard fight against someone who's coming out and getting the best of them. And you got to yeah. you got to you got to turn that corner on him. You got to make him fight a different style. You got to make him fight the way you want it to be. And that's what Lamas did, showing that he's a veteran and stuff. But Carlisle had that had a tough fight against uh, Billy Q, Billy Quarantillo, Tillo. I don't know how they want to say it, but uh, it was a great fight, man. Carlisle was going after him. Billy hung tough, which he always does. He always seems to lose the first. He's the Benson Henderson now of losing that first round. <laughs> yeah. And then being able to come on in the second and third and just fought his ass off. But Carlisle was fun to watch. So I think that's going to be a great matchup. I think that starts the main card. So that's going to be a really fun fight. That, that, should, was, that should get this thing going. That was kind of the story of my career when I started fighting like the better guys. Is I never won the first round. I, was always, I feel like I was always around behind going to the second. Like, you better get this shit together, buddy. Anyway, it was funny. All right. Um, look, there's a lot of news that we want to talk about as well outside of the rest of the car. I'm going to give a little shout out to Rachel Ostovich because I know a bunch of you guys are probably waiting for that. So <laughs> just wanted to say hi. Yo, Rachel, what's up? Anyways, but that was funny. Uh, she came to one of our last uh, Bellator fights in Hawaii, our last one actually. And yeah. um yeah, I had a chance to meet her. I'd never met her before, so seemed like a sweet girl. Um, that's a good fight for her. She's fighting Gina Mazzani. That's a good fight for her. Good, good. That's a, that's one she matches up very well. Um, uh, okay, so pull up uh what you got for us? Gian Gian's here today. I wanna uh, give him a hand for coming back after the way I treated him last week. Okay. Everyone <laughs> knows that they were like commenting in the YouTube section. It was what was that saying from from Braveheart? where you shoot thunderbolts from your eyes when well, he said ass, but I was thinking from my eyes because people were like, man, Josh is about to fucking lose it. And I was about to lose it. Oh, man. But we worked it out. You know what? That's the great thing about Gian and even with Podcast Dave because he has his issues too from the beginning is that even though I like to get on you guys, I know I'm glad we can talk about it. I can sort you guys out really well and you guys come around. Josh meant well. Yes, I did. See, that's you. You hear what he said? He's like, Josh meant well. So, yes. That's that's his politically correct answer right there. <laughs> it's all about the application. <laughs> all right, so let's uh, let's get into some of this talk. Uh, Dan Hooker calling out um, uh, Gaethje. Yeah, so Dan Hooker wants to fight Gaethje, John. But guess who else wants to fight Gaethje? Michael Chandler. And yeah, both of them want to fight Gaethje because he just fought for the title against Khabib. But they both want to fight him for one reason, specifically because he's coming off of a loss. And it's the best time to beat somebody, again, is when they're coming off of a loss because their confidence isn't what it used to be when he was getting into that title shot. <laughs> so um, it's so funny how none of these dudes be calling out each other off of wins, you know, unless yeah. they're unless they're like ranked number 15 or something. Had the, had the incredible performance. No, I don't think I want that guy. Yeah, 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 right? It's just... After he beat Tony, everyone's like, yeah, man, I won't want, want fight Justin, man. Hell no. You know, so and then nobody wanted to fight Tony either for the longest time. It's true. Uh, it really comes down to the uh, hooker came out and said, like, the mystique of Michael Chandler's gone, done. And here's 
here's the I don't like to side with Michael Chandler because I mean I just I just don't even before when he was with Bellator I'm not I'm, I we have our ups and downs <laughs> we to but to be honest he's got one shot at this John and he needs to make it look good so he needs to make sure he chooses whoever he fights carefully because okay, let me ask you a question yes just before you go on with it so if you're Michael Chandler yep and you have a choice of fighting Dan Hooker who's a great fighter. Or Justin Gaethje, who's a great fighter, which one's going to make you look better? Gaethje. There you go. So yeah. you can't you cannot complain about no. what he's doing. No, no, I'm not complaining about what he's doing. I am going to complain a little bit about his whole sissing out of the of the weight cut, though. Like you know, I mean, <laughs> well, you you don't even have to say anything about that yeah. because Figueredo just put a big old kibosh, yeah, on that whole thing with oh, I don't want to lose weight. Twenty one days later, and that guy loses absolutely percentage wise. Probably more, yeah, than Chandler. So look, Chandler's a good fighter, and I think he's going to make some waves in in that division. But he has one chance to make first impressions on UFC, first impression on UFC fans. Okay, and he's got to make it stick. And the guy that's going, I think, that will probably bring the best out of him. If you go back and watch the Eddie Alvarez fight and Justin Gaethje, as well as the Eddie Alvarez fights with Michael Chandler, they were yeah. all phenomenal fights. That and? is the fight. If I was the UFC, that would be the fight that I would try to make. Because okay. realistically, right, There's if you're going to have somebody else fight for a vacant title after the Dustin Poirier and Connor fight, let's say that it's Michael Chandler and Justin Gaethje that fight, not for the vacant title, but just fight. The winner of that will fight whoever probably wins Notorious and uh, Dustin Poirier for the vacant title. Well, I don't know. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You're talking about that because... Khabib still has the title, yep. and we talked about, well, they should probably make that one for the title, being Poirier against McGregor. Yep. And then Dana came out and said, Khabib's not going anywhere, so no, that is not for the title. And then Khabib said, see you in the future. See you soon. See you soon. Yeah. And I then it was, I'm not fighting. Yeah, I don't think he. I don't think he is fighting. I think he is fighting, but I don't think that he's fighting whoever. Wants, I think he's going to fight GSP. That's Dude, the only option right now. Khabib is doing beautifully. Mm -hmm. He's fantastic because he doesn't care mm -mm. if he comes back. He holds all the fucking. He holds all the fucking cards, yeah. man. Yeah, and he, it's like he's playing with them. Yeah. No, he's yeah, and that's good. He's gonna. Oh keep, yeah. I think he should just keep tagging Dana along. Like, no, no, no. The it's you know until here's the other thing. The rest of the division is a mess right now. You've got Chandler oh, yeah. who needs a fight. Tony Ferguson who's lost after what thirteen or fourteen in 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 O record or whatever. He's fourteen. He's got a one. tough fight against Oliveira. He's got a tough fight against Oliveira, which yeah. I think he I think he walks through him. I do too. Okay, so I I get a little I'm concerned fine. with the submission part of it, like jumping to a submission or something along like that. But if he gets stuck on bottom. Tony's gonna just jack him up, you know, from the from the top, and then on the feet, I think just the power, the 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 strength and the size, the overall size of him hey, over Oliveira is big. If you watch Oliveira fight, he fights very well from distance. Yeah, he doesn't fight well when that distance gets into tight quarters, where Tony fights very well. Yes, he does. And so, yeah, you know, it's all about who's going to dictate where that where that fight takes place. Well, I look at it too. And who has the bigger body frame? No doubt. Tony, Tony. does, you know, and no. it's just, and, and look, and I, I've said this multiple times on this show, Tony Ferguson is not a strong person, but Oliveira is not a big person. 
And Tony nope. Ferguson, when he wraps his hands around Oliveira's wrist, he could probably wrap his hand around his bicep too if he wanted to. He's got <laughs> enormous hands. Got and that hand. wrist control is there. That he's so he's good at those type of things. And Oliveira's not a big guy. And so I would I'm gonna obviously I think that the first round will probably be a little uh it'll be kind of close. But I'm gonna give it to Tony. And then I think after that, Tony's gonna start to run away with it. That fight. So that fight. But then you've got Michael Chandler and possibly Gaethje. And if I was the UFC, I would be thinking 100% that's the fight to make. Because when they, when they brought in Justin Gaethje for his first fight, they put him against Michael Johnson. Yep. Which to me was 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 perfect. It was a perfect style. Was style a smart, smart. smart. Smart on their both part. Both guys actually came from a wrestling background, and both guys don't like to wrestle, and they like to stand up and throw. Yep. And and I got to tell you, it ended up being one of the best fights I'd seen. You know, the way the way Gaethje got rocked a couple times. and just It was, it was a great fight. He and never then, got rocked. Yeah, never, that's what he said. That's what he said. Oh man, bro, go back and watch the fight. Um, uh, dude, it was awesome. Maybe unless you're coming up with a new chicken dance, that <laughs> was the best thing. <laughs> but he, uh, but then they moved him into right after that was what uh, Eddie or Dustin? I think no, he, that was uh, no. He won his second one, and then he lost the t he lost to Dustin, and he lost to um, he won. Did he win his second one? Yeah. No, I believe pool, he won a second. No, he lost. It might it. have been. He he. Uh, no, no, not no. I want to see J uh, Justin Gaethje. Because he had the two losses. He had the loss to Dustin and then to Eddie, and then he beat James Vick. I want to say he lost. Yeah. So he yeah. So he won. He beat Michael Johnson. Then had two losses in a row, and then he beat James Vick with that nasty knockout. Yeah. Remember he had him doing the dirty bird out the out the yeah. cage. Yeah. His arms like flung up over his head, and he went sideways. Yeah, that was nasty. Anyways. Justin Gaethje, I think Justin Gaethje, and given Chandler's experience with the Eddie Alvarez fights, that it's a perfect matchup. You're looking okay. for fireworks. If you're gonna have a you're main event, fireworks, that's the fight. fight. Dan Hooker, I'm sorry, buddy, but you're kind of left in the cold right now. You're kind of the guy on the outside looking in, and I like watching Dan Hooker fight. I'm a huge fan. I actually oh, I yeah. didn't, even, I didn't become a fan. I I started kind of watching him. I didn't become a fan. Until after the Paul Felder fight. Don't get me wrong. I liked him as a fighter. And I thought he was a good fighter. I didn't come up, become a fan until I saw him fight Dustin Poirier. I liked the fight with with uh, Paul Felder. But to me, Paul that Felder, was good. that was a great fight. Good great fight. fight. But I feel like that fight would have been different had Paul Felder's eye not swelled up in the first round. Or between the first round, you know, I just yeah. it would have been a different fight. I think. I think Paul Felder would have been. A, it would have been a different fight. The outcome would have been different. It was still a close fight. Paul Felder was coming on. Uh, making as he made the adjustments with the eye throughout the fight, that guy's a tough son of a bitch too. So oh. he he's another guy. He's and you have Dos Anjos, those Dos Anjos in there now. Where do you put him? So I think he's ranked number six. He's up there with Hooker. Maybe you have Dos Anjos and Hooker fight. That would be for yeah, a fun. That's about what I'm. That's about where yeah. you're at, huh? Well, you look at it and you go, okay. Well, who does he fight that's going to keep him elevated? If he wins, he's got to fight somebody there. Well, you know. Felder just got knocked down in the rankings by mm -hmm. RDA, but it could be a that could be a big fight. Okay, so you have Gaethje number one, Dustin Poirier number two, Tony Ferguson number three. They don't even have Chandler in there yet because he hasn't fought, which is fair. He hasn't fought. I don't blame. That's him. fair. And then you got Conor McGregor number four, which I think Conor beats Tony. I think Conor beats Dustin, and I think Conor beats Gaethje. So you kind of, I it's I know, Damn, it's, look I at know, you. not a lot of people like to hear that. Okay, but I'm excited to see the Dustin, the new Dustin Poirier at 155 against Conor McGregor. You know that's going to be to me. It's going to be a good fight. But here's the thing: is that Con, that Dustin cannot afford to take as many shots as he did against Dan Hooker 
if he takes those those, those type of shots oh, from no. Connor, it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be lights out. It's yeah, not it's not gonna be, it's not gonna be walking through that shit. And so Felder and Dos Anjos are there. You already have Oliveira fighting in there, and you've got yeah you've got the mix. I lo- I love that. I love that Gaethje fight with uh, Chandler. And I wonder I wonder if I mean. Khabib's just hanging out. I mean, he's just probably going to tag him along. I think they're going to start putting somebody up there. You know, you're going to have Islam's going to have to come back. They're saying January 23rd is uh, Islam is going to probably fight January or maybe in February sometime. He's got to get one in before Ramadan, which Ramadan yeah, I think is like. Who's it going to be against? I don't know. They're going to have to give him someone up there. Dan Hooker. Oh, that would be a good fight. That would be a good fight. That's the one that I wanted a couple months back. Hooker's got actually good wrestling defense. Yeah, you know, you take a look at the guys that he's beaten and everything. You know, I don't know. I think that'd be a fun fight. Look at Dan Hooker beat Gilbert Burns. Yeah, he, did he not? Yeah. All right, but Burns better at seventy. I agree. Burns better and at Bur- seventy. Burns gonna have a hard time making seventy the way he looked. He's a fuck. Jesus, man. <laughs> he's a stump. I was supposed to fight that guy, and then I I got hurt Ooh. in training. And I'm like, and every day I think my lucky stars I didn't have to fight. <laughs> he was so big. He was so big. Jesus, I see him like, God, what'd you do? Eat your your twin brother, brother? in the womb? <laughs> like, what the <laughs> fuck? Oh, man. Anyways, there's look, there's a lot of ways that we can break this down, but I really believe, go back to the rankings, please. I really believe that you put Gaethje and Chandler. You got Where Dustin, do they have Gaethje now? They have Gaethje number one. They have Gaethje at number one? Yeah, Khabib's How Chan, in the hell do Gaethje. you have Gaethje at number one? I guess because he beat he Dustin just- and he beat Tony. Oh, no, he didn't beat Dustin. He lost to Dustin. Sorry, my apologies. Yeah, I would put Dustin up there at number one. I moved Justin down to number two. But regardless, I mean, it doesn't oh, change how you want to do the matchmaking for me. You have Chandler and, and Gaethje because you know it's going to be a fucking great fight for five rounds, you know, until someone's get someone gets knocked out. You have Dustin Poirier and Connors already made January 23rd. And yep. then uh, Yaz Island, I believe. And you have Tony Ferguson against Oliveira, which is great. You got Dan Hooker who can fight. Islam or he can I think you're gonna put Dos Anjos and, and and Islam back together again. They're gonna try to make that fight happen. He ain't he ain't taking Islam down. And no. And I saw he slowed down a little bit. He's not the same fast guy. Felder looked fucking fast as hell Felder until he got fast. tired. Felder looked really fast in that fight until it was it was but it was it was a smart fight by RDA that you know, he used his stand up, but he used it to always close yeah. the distance. Yeah. And every time they got into the a clinch situation, he was taking over the fight. Yep. Very true. And you and that's tough, you know, if you're Felder coming in on six days and you haven't been grappling and you haven't been doing the things that get you up a little bit more in that wrestling defense and that yeah. ability to turn things around, yeah, that's a rough one. I mean, I could see them going Dan Hooker and Dos Anjos and then having Islam fight. Uh, he won't fight Dariush because Dariush is, I think, uh, managed by Ali. It so, is. Kevin, yeah. Kevin Lee, maybe. That might be a fight. That's not a good fight for Kevin Lee. Uh, Kevin's, out, Kevin's out with a knee injury. Still. Knee still, huh? So, yeah, well, he had his second one because he had geez. one and then did the other one. So, so you have Ferreira, Diego Ferreira, and you got Paul Felder. I would I would hate and to And besides, see Kevin Lee's talking about the holes he sees in AJ McKee, so he doesn't want to fight him. <laughs> I think I think he's ready. I think he's ready to jump ship, is what I think. Uh, I think funny. he hangs out at Bellator with his brother, and he's like, "Gosh, man, I wish I was here." <laughs> it's like, oh I man! I was like, Kevin, what are you doing? No, I know. Why, why? Why are you talking about something? You're never gonna fight. Yeah, What's you're never point? gonna fight him. 
Yeah. Just stay where you're at, buddy. Um, I mean, look, I, the, I, none of those fights interest me. The Kevin Lee kind of does. That one does. I would love to see the Darius one is the one that interests me the most for Islam. That's the only one that interests me the most at the at that top there. I don't want to see him fight Ali Quinta. I don't want to see him fight Diego Ferreira. I don't. I mean, Paul Felder. I just feel like you can't do that to him after you just gave him another loss because he took the fight on a week's notice. Give the guy. Give the do the guy a solid man. Give him somebody with a full camp. Somebody that's kind of tailor made for him to beat. You could. Well, I don't know. You could put. Uh, Paul Felder against Benil Darius, that would be a good fight. That's a tough fight for him. Oh, well, Benil is better on the ground, no doubt. Yeah. But he's not real fast. And as fast as I saw mm-hmm. Paul Felder in that yeah. fight with RDA, I wouldn't want to be in the stand-up. And, and you know, I think Darius's last fight was against Scott Holtzman. Yeah, it was. Uh, he looked good. Yes, he did. He freaking made Scott <coughs> just... He was a second and a half behind him the entire fight. Well, he was landing everything he threw. But this is the way I look at it, John, is that Paul, they're going to have to do Paul Felder a solid for saving that, that card. Okay. So you who know? do you give him? <coughs> I say you wait till the dust settles after all those guys fight in January, February, and you give him a winner of one of those guys. That's, That's doing him a solid. Yes, I do. Because that puts him, <laughs> that puts him back up there in the top Good. rankings. I mean, he's dropped three spots since his last two fights. Yeah, but that's only because they're both. I mean, look, I always I look at. Yes, he lost RDA. He didn't lose. Yeah. You know, he he fought his ass off. Time ran out. He, you know, it's uh, it is what it is. And he, you're right. He did them a solid in taking that fight, keeping that uh main main event solid. So, I don't know. I I do think I I dude I like Hooker against Islam. That's a good fight. Yeah, it is. It is. <clears throat> I, like, I like the Hooker the fight feet, more than Dos Santos fight. On the feet, Hooker beats him, dude. If Islam yeah. can't get him down, Hooker beats him. And Islam if takes him Islam down. Islam gets him down, Islam beats him. Islam takes him down at will. Well, <laughs> <laughs> he, won't even, he won't even have to break a sweat. Um, Look at you now. I know. Look I know. at you, you homer. I know. I knew you were waiting. I was waiting for you to say that. Um. Yeah, there's a lot of things. I th- but I'd like to see Paul Felder and Oliveira. If Oliveira loses to Tony Ferguson, have him fight Oliveira. That's a good fight for him. I think stylistically, you know, because Oliveira is not gonna be able to take him down. He may jump to something. I don't think he's gonna be able to take him down. He'll stand with him too, try to fight him at distance. And Paul Felder's a better boxer in that close range. Paul Paul's stand up is it's he's good. T- it's tight. It is. That's what I love about yeah. it. He throws everything with. <laughs> bad intentions but it's clean the way he throws it he doesn't overextend he kicks like a freaking mule yeah i mean i love everything there is about paul felder i'll watch paul felder anytime he is he is just a gamer doesn't mean he's gonna win mm-hmm. anybody can lose but man he will come and he will give you everything that you uh, have asked for what do you take from the khabib thing see you soon data <laughs> i take nothing you know, I, I'm not, is when you say, "What do I take from it?" Mm-hmm. I think that uh, Khabib is being smart. Yes, and I think he's uh, he's holding he's holding cards in his hands and saying, ah, "And I'll tease you a little bit." It's, it's almost like catching the big fish. Man. Mm-hmm. If you're out at sea, you know sometimes you got to give it line. You know you can't just crank that thing all the way to the boat and try <laughs> to gaff it. Usually, that's going to cause you a a problem. There's going to be something that breaks, and the fish is going to get free. And I think he's he's keeping Dana in that position where Dana feels like, hey, 
I can get another fight for him. And whatever it is that Dana has offered him, which you know I have no idea, you have no idea, mm-hmm. but it's something that at least you would say it intrigues him because if not, he would have just said, I'm out. Goodbye. You know what I don't get, though, is like they're willing to do all this stuff for Khabib, right? Like he, Khabib can tow him along, okay? Yeah. yeah. Why are they not doing this for Henry Cejudo? Henry wants that Volk <laughs> fight, man. Get that fight signed. Okay, here's the difference. Take a look at when <clears throat> Conor McGregor fought Khabib. Take a look at the numbers. Yeah. Okay. Now, hold on. And then this is where it comes down to that, you know, the UFC and Dana are looking at it going, eh, you know, that's, you know, that's Connor. And then when Khabib fought Dustin Poirier, mm-hmm. he was at the same numbers. So you can sit there and say what you high? want about it. Was it that yeah, high? It was high? Wow. It was high. And so you can sit there and say what you want about it being Connor. No, he just proved he's one of those guys. People yeah. now, especially worldwide, they are interested. No, they, they are. want to watch. And he's got now, you know, even though it's a different it factor. Yes. Connor's got that it factor, right? And Henry, I love, but the triple C is cringeworthy. Yeah. As far as and 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 it, it, it sticks with some people and it turns some people off. There's nothing about Khabib that anybody is turned off by. You may want him to lose because you want to see someone beat him. Yeah. Or you may want to see him win because you want him to extend his streak. But there's nothing that you can say, I don't like that about that guy. Yeah. He does everything right. And now he's in that position where he's got that it factor where people want to watch him. So Khabib, <laughs> if he fights near the UFC, he's going to bring you two, two million pay-per-views. Henry Cejudo is going to bring you 400,000. Yeah. That's the difference. No, I understand. I just, ah, oh man. Like, to be able to have somebody that can do that, three weight classes. No, I agree. I mean, and I like, think he's, I think it's a good matchup between him and Volkanovski. Oh, it's a phenomenal matchup. And First I think off, he's, he's got a he's, freaking training partner yep. that is perfect yeah. to mimic Volkanovski. Exactly. So he would be ready. No, he would be. I, yeah, I think he. I think that's why he kind of is making a push. He understands that Patricio is just as good as Volkanovski, if not better, and he's also got Patricky Pitbull as well. If you want to use him, who's a little bit bigger, so I think stylistically he's got a guy that's fast. You know, does a lot of things that uh, Volkanovski does, and he does them better. And there's some things that Volkanovski does better than Patricio, but when it comes down to it, that's your training partner. It mimics almost exactly what Volk, how Volk fights. So I think I think I think Volkanovski is maybe two inches taller, maybe an inch taller than Patricio. Yeah, Patricio's not both, a big guy. Well, either is Volkanovski yeah, as yeah. far as height wise. You know, he's five six. strong, stout. Who's five six? Volkanovski. Yeah, see, so one inch taller, yeah. and I, I think Patricio's five five. Oh, gotcha. gotcha. And I figure what Henry's got to be <laughs> five four. Yeah, bullshit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bullshit. But, but okay, uh, you know, and so when you're looking at you know. Training partner wise, he he not only mimics the size, mm-hmm. he not only mimics the strength, he not only mimics where he's good at, you know, and how he controls a fight, which Volkanovski is really good at doing now. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that are going to make it to where that's a good fight for Henry Cejudo and for one for him to get ready for. And his wrestling, no matter what people want to say about Volkanovski, Volkanovski can wrestle. Yes. He can't fucking hold a candle to fucking Henry Cejudo. Yeah. Not in the wrestling game. No, I know. Yeah. 
It makes for a fun fight. I think it really it really gets interesting. I'm surprised the UFC is not jumping on that at least. I mean, because like right now it's a little stagnant. Everybody like still likes Max, and if 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 uh, <clears throat> if Henry does win, you could potentially see a Max and Henry fight that would kind of put Max back in that that championship fight. I don't know. I mean, but you got Brian Ortega too. Yeah, you got Brian as well. He looked freaking awesome in his yeah, last fight. That's true. Brian and Volk will probably fight next. I mean, I know that they have stuff there that they can do. But to yeah. have a guy that can come up after two divisions and he's also Olympic wrestler champ, like, how do you not market that? Like, I just, uh, I mean, they would know better than I would because they're marketing genius. I believe it or not, as much as people, as much as I like to rag on the UFC, they're marketing <laughs> oh, geniuses, man. They absolutely. they do a phenomenal job of marketing their fighters and not just their fighters, but mainly their promotion and Dana. That's what they do a great job of. They don't. You got. <clears throat> They, they don't, don't always market their fighters the best. Oh, no, no, no. But they market themselves. They market their promotion. Unbelievably, because yep. there's there's only, you can go back, you know, in time, back when we used to make a a copy, you know, what was it called? Xerox. Oh, yeah. yeah Xerox yeah, was the first copy machine. Yeah, yeah. So if they don't say, hey, can you make a Xerox of that? They don't say copy, they say Xerox. Yeah. The same thing with, hey, I have this cut on my hand. Give me a Band-Aid. Yep. You know, that's where the UFC put themselves in the vernacular of the public. They are MMA. They did an incredible job yep. of marketing people to under, to think that that is when you're talking about that element of sport, MMA, you're talking about the UFC. what they did very well. And, and I don't know if they ever planned to do it this way, but they went to spike. Spike was the first one to really let them on their TV. Right. <clears throat> but what well, they, they paid for it. Yeah, they paid, but then it, then it became a relationship that grew, and then oh, they wanted, yes, then they did. wanted to get paid, and they wanted money from them, and oh, they, were and they like, got paid, and they and they and they got money, and then <clears throat> it grew to be a little bit more, and they wanted more money, which is what they should have done. But then they found them themselves. You know, they went to Fox, and after Fox, now they're at ESPN. What they've done now is they've bounced around from network to network, and they have actually brought in those networks' fans that never had heard about them before. And so I don't know if in theory, I don't think they really meant to do it, that like bounce from network to network, but that helped them, I think, a ton because they got onto Fox. You know, like when when I was, it was in the, it was the the NFC Championship game for the, for the, to see who was going to go into the Super Bowl. And Benson Henderson and I were fighting in Chicago like in two weeks. And that was all over the fucking yeah. game everywhere on fox it was like josh thompson benson henderson josh thompson it was like dude and, and your head was going oh no it swelled <laughs> so big it swelled so big i mean i remember sitting in my buddy's uh, sushi spot here in san jose uh called blush here in, in san jose it was so a nice little outdoor seating area and they had big old tvs out and and then i'm sitting there eating sushi you know with some friends and family on you know on sunday afternoon and it was crazy, man. Crazy. People are like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, it's you. And I'm like, you know what I mean? Like, that's how they've marketed this. And they left them. And now you go to ESPN, where anybody that wants to watch any sports, especially in this year, it's just plastered with UFC stuff. No one's talking about basketball. No one's talking about baseball. They don't give a shit about that right now. They don't nope. care about foot. You know, football now has also become a little more like it's, they talk, they're talking about fighting. You know, and I think that's a little bit of why Bellator is getting a little bit of a little bit more recognition as well as the fact that they are putting on better fights. The matchmaking has gotten a lot better. The silver lining in this whole thing uh, of COVID is that we didn't have to worry about ticket sales. Now we don't have to worry about you know having ticket sales in these in these new in these new uh, cities that we're going to. We're at one venue, and we just we're putting on the best fights, 
And it's shown the level of talent that we have has risen to the occasion. And I enjoy watching the fights, man. Like our guys have, they're not, they're coming out to fight now, which is nice. Oh, yeah. If you watch that Stotts and Kevin Lee or Keith Lee fight, that was awesome. Great fight. Yep. And then the uh, Logan Storley and Amosov fight, awesome. great fight. You know, I mean, I can't take anything away from, you know, the other guys that fought, but it's like those two fights are the ones that stuck out the most in my mind at the time. Emmanuel Sanchez and Daniel Weichel got dropped in the third or second, got dropped in the second and then stuck it out, finished the fight. You know, I mean, good fights, man. Just good fights. Anyways, I, I just think with going back to the UFC, their marketing, they're doing, they do a phenomenal job at marketing their promotion. Like you said, the brand and marketing yep. Dana White, because those are two things that are never going to leave them. The name UFC and Dana White may leave eventually, but he'll be old and crusty. Okay. And <laughs> when he does leave, I don't, he ain't leaving anytime soon. People keep saying no. that, like, who's going to replace no, him? No, he's not. No one's. He loves yeah, it. That dude is not leaving. Stop. No. People, stop. So like, oh, this who's going to okay, replace you, him? You talk about people, and, and I, I used to say this all the time, with especially with uh, people that got up into upper levels of like the police departments and things like that, became commanders or deputy chiefs or anything like that. And everyone said, man, these guys seem to hang around for this because if they leave, all that power is gone and they're <laughs> nobody. No one cares about them. Yeah. And that's really, you know, and I, I hate, and that's, but it's true. You know, Same for athletes. As soon as you're yep, done, the crowd's gone. Man. No People one cares. People forget about you and yep. it's gone. And so yep. they don't want to lose that. But there's, there's things that the UFC has done. And, and look, they've taken risks. But they've always been real smart risks because, you know, when they did the whole thing with Spike, and people don't remember, you know, Lorenzo Fertitta, he put out, he was $44 million in the hole and paid out an additional $10 million to not only film the first Ultimate Fighter, but to pay for the time that it was wow. put onto Spike TV. So that, you know, that relationship started with Lorenzo paying to put his show onto TV. Then it became they had a relationship, and Spike paid them well, hmm. you know, and it, it it kept growing and growing, but it got to a point where they looked and and basically felt because Spike wanted to keep them, and was going to pay close, you know, the the numbers were very close with Fox, but what was the thing that was going to get them to the next level? Fox. It was Fox. Yeah. And so they went with Fox actually for a little bit less money. Oh. People don't think that, but they, that was a little bit <clears throat> less money in the start, but then it grew to being more money. And then you look, and then uh, they had they had a good relationship with Fox, and you know they Fox took care of them. They took care of Fox. They were always saying how great they were to work with. But eventually, it came down to all right, we've got this opportunity because if you if you remember when IMG WME bought the UFC, as soon as that contract was coming due, as far as the TV rights, they said, yeah, we're looking for four hundred million. They were getting about a hundred and twenty million. Mm -hmm. We want 400. I want basically close to four times mm -hmm. what we were making. And in the end, when they went to ESPN, it wasn't that first number of that 400, but it eventually became even more when ESPN then buys the rights to the pay-per-views, automatically pays them for a specific number. I'm not going to get into the numbers, but specific number you get. No, if you get 200,000, doesn't matter. You still get this. If you get over this number, then we'll give you half and we'll keep half. It's it's a beautiful deal that they did. And taking that leap from Fox, yeah. where they were comfortable, into the ESPN. Look, you, you go to, I don't care where it is. any You go to Chili's, you know, Wild Wings, any of those. What's up on the screen? ESPN. In the bars. And you see it all the time. And it's, it's just pumping their show, making them bigger. 
they made really good choices. Yeah, it really just came down to, like I said, they they moved their brand around and just yep. acquired. They were not. All- they were not those people that just said, "Oh, I'm going to I'm going to hold on to my kingdom. Yep. I am going to expand my kingdom. I believe if I go here, that's going to make me grow." And they've been right. Yeah, and I guess in that type of field, right, loyalty means nothing. Like it really no. comes down. Like no, you need to like do what's best <laughs> for the money. And they're the all about being yeah. loyal until it's oh, we got to go this. Yeah, hey, you know what I mean. Like on, that's business. That's business, though. Like you know, hey, this this company maybe they're offering a little bit less, but they're putting me in there, broadcasting me out on bigger platforms. That's going to help my company grow. It's going to generate more money coming in. Then they left there when they left Fox. I looked at it in terms of like, look, your ultimate goal should have always been to get TSPN. But the way that they did it was perfect because had they went from Spike to ESPN, less people would have cared about them. Right. They went from there to Fox. Fox helped them grow even bigger. They're like I said, they're having their advertisements on Fox, you know, on the AFC Championship games and all this other on these major football games, major basketball yep. playoffs, all that stuff. They're they're out there marketing that way. Then they move into ESPN. Everyone's like, damn, they're fucking at ESPN. Huge, huge. And they're getting tons of play. That's the biggest thing right there, man. The way they did it, and I and I don't even like I said I don't even know if they meant to do it that way, but it was it was brilliant. It was perfect for the way it was perfect for them and their sport and the and the and the company itself. I thought it was a good job. Um, all right, look, next question. We've talked uh, about Khabib. We talked about <laughs> the we blew off about the UFC and their branding and stuff like that. Joaquin uh, Buckley calling out uh, James Krause without Jim. actually saying his name, but he said, "I love know, that." You know? They don't and, like each uh, other. It's been pretty vocal. They don't like each other, though. Yeah, but I got to... First off, I love Joaquin. He's a great guy. He's fighting well. But did you see uh, James Krause's tweet back? Because I love James. He's phenomenal. No, I didn't see it. He goes, say my name. It was just great, man. Come on. Uh, I'm surprised he didn't add the bitch in there. Uh, (laughs) Say my name, bitch. That's that's perfect. That's great, man. Um. You you know, right, that when they did that interview, when Rogan was doing that interview, he's like, I'm not going to say his name. And Joe goes, well, who? Who is it? He's like, I'm not going to say his name. You know someone said something in, J- in Joe's ear, James Krause. Oh, yeah. Because you know Joe didn't know who he Joe was talking about. <laughs> I've been in, John, you and I have been, we've been doing the commentary for a while. And I've done some interviews. And I swear to you, had I not had someone in my ear telling me that person's name as I was stumbling across trying to figure out what their name was, man, lifesavers. <laughs> but, they, but those people in your ear can also mess you up when you're when no, you're trying can. to say when you're trying to say your closing statements and they're counting you down 10 9 8 and you're like no i listen to some of the stuff that goldie has to go through and i'm like man i'd be yelling in the mic shut up shut, shut up, up. Shut i'm up. hearing voices, voices i'm hearing head. voices um i mean what do you think of that fight i think that's actually a good fight that's ah, a little you much know? i think for him right now buckley well i think size wise yeah, it's a problem for James, and I, I I know James will fight anyone, and you know he's gone up to 185 and fought. James is a 155er, 170 is a good weight class because he's not cutting a lot, you know, much weight. You're getting into 185. That's he's having a hard time making that weight with yeah. you know with drinking anything he wants before stepping on the scale, and. Buckley is big and strong, and it, he's not a big eighty-five pounder though either. Strong, yes, super strong, and his stand-up is good. James's stand-up is technically really good, and James's ground has gotten very good. No doubt in my mind, it's better than Buckley's. Yeah, 
you know, so on the ground, he has an advantage, but the strength is going to be a problem for him. The strength is there. And no matter what anyone wants to say, strength is a technique. As long as you use it right, it's a technique. Yeah. Huh. I guess. I mean, I, I, I would love to see the fight. I mean, where do they fight at? 85? Uh, I would say they have to go to 170. Yeah, I was going to say, does Buckley make 70? Yeah, he's he's made it before. He's yeah, I know. He, fought, he, he, lost the, there. he lost to Logan Storley. Yep, at 170. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, there. that's a big cut, though. I mean, he's not a big yeah. guy, but he's got a lot of muscle. He's packing a lot, a of, lot muscle. of muscle. A lot of muscle. Yeah. I mean, look, dude, you're having a lot of success at 85. Ride that bitch until the wheels fall off. You know, <laughs> don't don't go chasing some grudge match. Because what happens also, too, is there's a lot of motion and, and stuff that gets built up into that fight. And you don't and fight. And then no the one you, wants to lose. And so they don't fight smart. They don't they fight, don't fight smart. well. They don't, yeah, it ends up being a snooze fest. Or someone goes out there trying to do too much and they gas out and you lose. Don't do that shit. Do, do what you're doing right now. Whatever you're doing right now is working. You know, yep. just keep doing that. Because... You can't you can't let all that hate and that energy go into something. It's just it's not worth it. I like you at eighty five. You're doing well at eighty five. You're explosive at eighty five. You obviously got the power at eighty five. Just keep doing what you're doing. And if the wheels fall off, then may you know what? Hey James, come on, get it. Come get it, Poppy. Well, and the, the other part is, you know, you can look and say whatever you want. You know what it's like when you fight a guy who's a wily veteran, smart at what he does. He makes the fight a whole lot harder than you ever yeah, thought it was going to be. This is true. James, James Krause is that guy. No, it's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I fought guys that I didn't think were going to be any good. They were, but they they had had a lot of like smaller experience. fights and a lot of experience. I was like, man, you were a way harder fight than I thought you were going to be. <laughs> yeah. Bobby Green being one of them. You know, yeah. I mean, uh, Bobby Bobby Green was he was talented. I was like, man, but I'm way better than this guy. He ain't going to do anything to me. Like. I just, I, he just, he did some things to me in there that I was like, oh, wow, those, those are like veteran moves. You know what I mean? And there's other guys too that I had fought as well. Like Nam Pham was one of them as well. I mean, like he was not, he was, he was good, you know, but he wasn't a big guy, but he, no. he, he, he fought like very, very smart in the way he approached fighting me. So there was a lot of guys that I fought when I was younger that I, I was like, I'm going to walk right through these guys, but they came out there and they had, they had fought so many times already that they had a lot of, uh, they had a lot of uh, experience in different situations that I wasn't prepared for. You know, I, mean, yeah. I still won those. So I well, not the Bobby fight, but I still won some of those fights. It was like, that was at a time of just, you've got to be careful who you're fighting in though, in there. Cause they always will bring something that you're not prepared for. I think, uh, I think that Buckley needs to leave the energy, the negative energy at home. Keep doing what you're doing, bro. Stay focused on the prize. 85. Yeah. That's really what it I comes mean, you, down you, to. Whatever happened in the past doesn't matter. It's all about yeah. the, it's all about the future. Yeah. You know, you've got a good team; they like you. You're you're training well. You just continue on. Yeah, march forward. What's another? What's another thing? Um, Connor and uh, Dustin officially booked for two fifty seven. Yeah, we talked about that already. I mean, I'm yeah. going to talk much about it. We'll we'll move on to that. We're going to cover that in so much in the next in month detail. and a half in detail. There's going to be a lot of shit that comes out between now and then as well. All right, let's go to fan questions, man. We got a little bit of time for fan questions. All right, so Cosmic Dawn asks, uh, how does 155 division play out in 2021? We'd love to hear Josh and John's prediction. We just did it all right now. I think we did. We just did that. So if you were listening to the show earlier, if you didn't listen to the show earlier, you just scrub through it, go back and listen to the beginning because that's exactly what we talked about was that whole 155-pound division. All right, Ethan asks, uh, John, do you ever wish that one of the fights you ref, you were a spectator instead of a, a referee? Never. 
<laughs> you have a better seat than everybody else. Why would no, you? No, the reason he's saying it is this is you do not see the same fight as you will see sitting on the outside because you can't enjoy it the same way. You're, you're, you're looking for things, you're moving yourself into certain positions. So I, I totally understand what he's saying, but I could always go back afterwards and watch it again. So I, I absolutely loved being in there because it's your, it's your competition. You know, the fighters are, are competing against each other. You're competing against yourself in trying to be as perfect as you can be for that fight. And so I, I love that and uh, would never have given up one of them, but because I can always go back and watch it, which I did quite frequently. <laughs> so next. I'm assuming this next question is for Josh. The guy says, if you were to be cornered for a fight by one active USC fighter, who would you choose? If I was to be cornered by a fight, by, by a fighter, by a fighter, act, an active fighter right now. Oh, active fighter right now. Hmm, active. I like that. Ooh, I got active. an answer. Man, come on, baby. Let me see. I mean, realistically, man, I and mean, like the Russians, all they all corner themselves. Probably one of the guys, Islam or Khabib, because they corner themselves all the time. They know what the hell they're looking for. And I used to corner them as well when they, especially Khabib when he was coming up. So I, I would probably say someone like Khabib. I mean, is he really still active though? That's the question. I mean, uh, outside of that, James Krause, guy we were just talking about. He's really? an outstanding coach. Right. Outstanding. He's still fighting, and he corners a ton of guys, and he's very good. Good information, calm, knows when to be, you know, straight, knows when to. Be a cheerleader and get in, it, get in the guy's face. Just does a great job. You know, maybe, you know what? My other guy, my other pick would maybe be like either Frankie Edgar or GSP. Because Frankie knows the game. Like, he knows the game. I mean, I've been around him enough to, you know, and we trained together for a couple of years. He he's he knows the game. I would probably say Frankie or GSP. I, I don't even know if I could understand what GSP the hell he was saying. But, <laughs> uh, you know. In what year? I'll give you a. I am not impressed with your performance, Joe. <laughs> and I'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> I just knocked him out in 20 seconds. Well, I, he knows that's a lie because I ain't knocked nobody I, out. I am not impressed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Next one. All right. Uh, this next question is from uh, Tamar Asad. Big John, what is the ref supposed to do if he asks the fighter, are you ready? And the fighter says no. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that happen a couple times. Oh, I've seen it happen, yeah. too. You know, it's, you know, you go normally as the referee, you're going to go in and as the fighters are getting introduced and everything, you're going and, you know, talking to them and stuff and making sure that they're set to go. But I mean, if, uh, the guy says, you know, I'm, no, I'm not ready. Good. What's your problem? And it better be a good problem right now yeah. or the fight's getting started. Wow. It's got to be your mouthpiece or your cup or something, right? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's know. about it. Yeah. Unless you got like, I, I guess maybe if you got like Vaseline in your eye or. Well, there, there, there has been instances where, referees have got two guys in there and all of a sudden one guy says you know no you know goes like this and he's i don't want to fight and i've seen the referees start the fight and it's like no you don't do that <laughs> you know? but you know the guy's gonna lose he's yeah. gonna lose you know by forfeit but you can't start the fight you can't make somebody fight no one has to fight you know if they, if they decide i want out and it's been you know it been announced and everything's done and everyone gets out and now he decides I, I don't want to fight no problem you forfeit this is the this i want i think i've always wanted to ask you this 
the Tim Kennedy and Yoel Romero fight. Should that yeah. fight have been stopped? No. What happened on the stool? Wasn't that the Yoel Romero didn't want to get up off the stool? Yeah, that's not the truth of what Okay, happened. okay. That's what it, I th- see. I wanted to go straight to the, the ref. <laughs> <laughs> what, what happened in that scenario? And this is, it's unfair to either when you're looking at the fighters. That, you know, you're listening to Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan doesn't know what's going on. He's making up his own interpretation of what's going on. He's got a perception. And his perception is that Yoel Romero doesn't want to get off of the stool. And he's buying time. That's not what happened. What happened was, if you go back and you watch the fight, end of the round, Yoel has got a big cut, about two and a half inch cut over his eye that Tim opened up. Uh, I go and bring in the ringside physician. I tell him, I want you to check him because Yoel got rocked. Just check him. Let me, don't, you don't have to talk to him. Let me know what you think about it. Go over and talk to Tim's corner real quick because Tim was like, is the fight over? And it's like, it's not over. It's the end of the round because I stopped it yeah. when the, uh, the bell rang. And then go back and the doctor says, he's fine. Yeah, he's good to go. No problems at all. He's going out. Well, the cut man was, and this is where as, you know, anything, everything in the fight makes a difference. And some of the things that happen in the fight have nothing to do with the actual fight. When you have a good cut man, you have guys, you know, like, you know, Teddy mm-hmm. is a guy, good cut man. Ted Lucio, Stitch. by the way, Ted Lucio. Yeah, Ted Lucio, uh, you know, Stitch, great cut man. Guys uh, like Matt Mazden, Dean Lassiter, great Sid, great Stitch. All these guys are so good at what they do that when there's a cut, you don't really have to worry about it. They know how to take care of it. They know what they're doing and they know what they can get away with as far as putting Vaseline and the Vaseline's going to have uh, some what we call adrenaline mm-hmm. 1001 in it to help cauterize the stop actual the cut and stop the bleeding. Well, what happened was we had a young cut person who was in there and he put a giant swath of Vaseline yeah. and then smeared it with going all the way back to his ear. So when I see it, I tell the inspector at the time, Hey, get the cut, man, get that off of him. Cause I don't want to touch the cut because if I wipe it and I open the cut, now I've created a problem for the fighter. Mm-hmm. So the inspector tells Yoel to sit on, stay on the stool. Uh, and that's where the whole problem comes. He goes to get, to get uh, the cut man. The cut man is not there. He has walked off to go get a supply. He's not there. He brings in the corner person. Tim Kennedy's coming over. I'm telling, I'm walking Tim back. And it becomes this where it, normally the round goes about. You know, you know that, you know, when uh, the TV will hold up. Yes, it will. The actual round from starting. Yeah. Normally the rounds go about 113 <laughs> to 115 is the actual from the time that bell rang till we start the fight yeah. it's somewhere in that area on TV. This one went to 128. Uh, so, you know, you got to figure there's an added, you know, 13, 14 seconds or in that's there. A lot. Yeah, it is. And so was Tim cheated in a way? Yeah, because he had hurt him and this is extra time. But it, it wasn't that he was doing it himself. It was we had this problem with the cut man. And so finally, I push his corner man out. I tell him, get up off the stool. He gets up off the stool because I have to get it going. Yeah. And then he ends up winning, and it becomes this big thing because Joe Rogan was saying it was unfair. But it would have been unfair yeah. to penalize Yoel in that realm because 
wasn't Yoel's fault. It was the UFC brings that cut man. Yeah. They assign that cut man to Yoel. It wasn't his corner that caused the problem. It was the person working for the promotion that did. Yeah, I just realized you just got to have better control of your cage when you're in there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, and you know, no. you look at this and could I have handled it better? Absolutely. Now that I, you know, I've gone back and I always look at it and this is where I tell, you know, referees all the time, hey, don't sit there and say, well, I didn't do it. You know, it wasn't my, it is your, it is your mm -hmm. problem. And so how do I make it better if that ever happens mm -hmm. again? Because it was, it would have been unfair for me to penalize Yoel. But it was also unfair for what was happening for Tim. You could look at it in different ways, though. He had a big glob of Vaseline that slid all the way back to the side of his head. If Tim had went for a submission and it slipped yeah. off, it could yeah. be that as well. Absolutely. Like, hey, look and at that all that fucking point. Vaseline. You know, yeah. I couldn't get. You let it stay on there. That's yeah. The you know, you, sometimes, sometimes you know what? You, you can't win. You can't win. win. You can't win. So yeah, it's just yeah. what it is. It's gonna be what it is. I agree with you. It all could right. have been that he got hit with a shot and that big old wob went flying into the audience. And it never would have been a problem. That's very true as well. <laughs> you never know. All right, next one. Our next one is from uh, Christian Silgado. He asks, uh, do you see Figueredo going up to become a double champ? And if so, how does he match up against Yan and Sterling? Uh, you know, I do see him potentially going up. I just don't know if they're going to allow him to go up. That division is one of those <laughs> I things where I don't think they want they him. They need him. They need him to be at 125. They're going to keep that weight class around. Look, you have to remember that if they get rid of that weight class, it almost feels like a failure to them. Yeah. The way that they are, the way, the way that they carry themselves, the promotion itself, the UFC, the brand, this and that. It would be like a promotion. It would be a. It would be like a, a failure to them for the. Promotion. Yeah, we shouldn't make this work. We couldn't make the one twenty five pound guys work, and there's a ton of talent out there at one twenty five. But the problem is though, is they're not in the UFC. You know, they're a lot of them are overseas in one. Just to be honest, yep. you know, and in the ones, yeah. Are you kidding? Some of the some of the guys in one at one twenty five. Yeah, they're studs. They are studs. They are. They're in. They're phenomenal. They could probably be champ, champ in the UFC also. Um, but I think. It, I think at one thirty-five, sh sure. I don't think they're going to let him go though. Like, hey, let's get this thing established. Let's get you five or six big wins, finishes hopefully, and then we'll start talking about maybe going up. But five or six wins—that's two and a half, three years. That's, that's plenty right. of time to try and do something with you. And right and now, also, he, he that's looks also like a time to to build more of the people underneath it. That's true. That's true. And by and like right now, he looks like a fucking savage. Like, oh, and he's going to fight again in what, 20 days? But if he, if he was going to fight Peter Yan, I'm telling yeah. you right now, Peter Yan's going to beat him. Yeah, I think so. Too. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I think so as well. I mean, when he fought, who did he just fight this last weekend? Lopez? No, um, Perez. Uh, Perez. Sorry, Lopez. Perez. He just fought Perez. Dude, Perez has some nasty hard kicks. And watch yeah. the first those first couple exchanges. Perez was winning the shots. He was winning the. I mean, I know it was a, it was a short yeah. fight. I get uh, it. It was a short. fight. He was landing. He was. He landing. was landing, and he was landing with power. Now that mm -hmm. power tends to fade as the fight goes on. I understand that too. But they're still heavy. Not a <laughs> The fight goes on. It's, it tends to not have as much behind it. But bottom line is, is, if you put him against Peter Yan right now, if you were to say somebody else in there. I mean, he's going to have a hard time with Corey Sanhagen. He's fucking 5'10", 5'11", and good on the feet, good on the ground. I mean, like... Sanhagen is a killer. You have Marlon Marais. I mean, he's just a monster as well. I mean, he's huge for the weight as it is. I don't really know. Like, why don't we just get him situated at 125, and we'll talk about 135, five or six big wins. That's kind of where I'm at, John. What do you think? I agree totally with you. I think let's leave 
Devison where he's at right now. Yeah. He's got plenty of guys to fight against. There's other guys that they can actually bring in. And the problem is how much time it takes them to get to that point where they, they can actually market that person. But right now, he needs to stay exactly where he's at. I love the fact that he's coming back real fast. Mm -hmm. That kind of you know says something because you know, Brandon Marino is going to be a fun fight for uh, us to watch because he's a gamer. Uh, he's definitely the underdog in that fight. So you know, the whole thing, I, I love I love what Figueredo is doing. He had those two wins against Benavides. You know, one, the first one, he didn't make weight, so he didn't get the championship, but he's on a tear. John, let's have this conversation real quick. Instead of Henry Cejudo and, and Volkanovski, if Figueredo gets like two or three more finishes, yo, let's go, Henry. Let's go. <laughs> exactly. Step like, back. Yeah, th that's your weight. That's your weight. Like, y'all come Man, back anytime. Henry hates that weight. Yeah, 125, he, he, yeah. did, he always had a hard time making it. That's so. the, Here's the thing. He had a hard time maybe making it, but got to remember – Against guys like Peter Yan and Sterling and those guys, I mean, like, he was the smaller guy against Marlon Marais. Oh, yeah. You know, and you put him against uh, Yan and Sterling and Corey. Corey's tall, long, lanky. I mean, like, those are, I, mean, I don't want to say harder fights than the Marlon Marais fight, but they're big guys. They're physically very big guys, you know, and to think you were to go to fight Volk, like, though, like Corey Sanhagen and Marlon Marais, those guys aren't, any, aren't much smaller than, than Volkanovsky. Like that's a fight that I could see him being fine with because they're probably walk around, you know. Uh, Henry's probably only a couple of pounds lighter than him, you know, height wise and all that other shit. But Figueredo though in him makes for a fun fight if you want to get back down there and take that title back to show like, hey, I'm dominant. But do you do you really want to go back down there and then you got to defend it? And the UFC is the UFC going to let you do it and stay there? I think I think here's the thing with Henry. If he was to fight Volkanovski, I think he would end up being he'd be okay with fighting somebody else like a Zabit or a Max. I don't know if he'd want to fight Brian, but I mean, like somewhere in there, you know what I mean? Like he'd probably want to fight those guys. He'd probably get one fight and he could probably walk away and retire. He's defended all of his titles, you know? And that's the one thing I oh, appreciate yeah. about with him is that he's won. He won it at, at Featherweight. Featherweight? Is it Featherweight? No. Yeah. No, not Featherweight. Sorry. He, he The little small weight class. He flyweight. Won <laughs> flyweight. There you go. Phantomweight. I was like, I knew it started with an F. Featherweight. I knew it started with an F. Um... <laughs> So he won there. He defended it, and then he won at bantamweight. Defended it. I mean, now he wants to go to to one forty five. I think if I think he defended at least to show that he it was one of those things you got to defend it once to to show you're the champion. Yeah, but I don't think the UFC like going yeah. back. If he wanted to come back and fight against Devison, mm -hmm. they would do it, but they they would almost demand that he has to fight again. Yeah got to be part of the whole thing because they do not want him to come in beat their champion and then walk away yeah they don't want a gsp yeah <laughs> like, they, they learned they learned a big lesson off of the gsp bisping yeah that was smart on gsp's part though hell yes it was yeah. so smart yeah that was smart on his part. he hasn't done a whole lot of dumb things no he's in the, in the world of mma he's a smart guy he's got a good team yeah. behind him whoever he has working with him i know his team's changed here and there throughout yeah. the years but he's got a he's got he's got someone that I think a lot of it has to do with him though. He makes good decisions for himself, yep. and that's one thing I've always uh, respected. He doesn't have him. a huge ego, no, and he never stops training. There's never oh. a day where he's like, oh, you know what? Today I'm not going to do that. See, that's the problem with a lot of fighters. That was the problem with me. It's like during there was times where I literally was like, man, two months, nah, I'm not going to do am, shit. I am done. Yeah, I'm done running. <laughs> I'm done doing all this. Um, okay, what was the next question? Uh, Mitch 
Kupchak asked uh, who wins, Gerard. Mitch Kupchak, he was a general manager for the L.A. Lakers. No, Cup, <laughs> Kupchak. Yeah, it's Kupchak. No, I don't know. He says, uh, who wins, Gerard Musasi or uh, Izzy Adesanya? Gegard Musasi. Gegard Musasi? Gegard. Yeah, it's okay. Go, baby. <laughs> or who? Go, baby. Or, uh, or Adesanya. Man. I don't know, Gegard, he just, he he's so well-rounded. He's well, Gegard has a huge advantage if he gets that fight to the ground. Yeah. Huge advantage. But can he? That's the whole question. But here's I the thing, think. is it's not is I, I can't say that he can't stand with him. He can't stand for we can't stand with him for the whole round, but he's gotta make him think about that takedown. He could stand with him for a whole round. He could. You know what Look, I mean? Look, he came he, from a kickboxing background. Mm. He's fought professional kickboxing. I don't think he can stand with him for the whole fight. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But one round, yeah, he could. But, you know, as I look at it now, you know, things are changing and levels are changing and directions well, age, are going to... Age is changing. Exactly. That's, That's the other whole thing. point. And, you know, Gegard is at that point where things are going to start to slow down. Oh, yeah. So when did that... When would that fight take place? Would be... That would be instrumental in it. Because Izzy's getting better. Yeah. You know, in MMA, he's getting better. And he's young. For a guy that's got all those kickboxing fights, he's still young. He's good. You know? Oh, dude, he's good. He's phenomenal. He's scary good. I would probably lean. I mean, no, no, uh, no. Slide I would lean in my towards boy. Izzy. Yeah, I would yeah. lean towards Izzy as I, well. I love Gegard, and it's the age it, thing to me. Like Gegard, yeah. Gegard has moments. Uh, I think he'd rise to the occasion for that fight. He could stand with him. He could mix it up and get the takedown. But I mean, I've seen him on the. We've seen him on the ground with jiu-jitsu guys. Javier Lovato Jr. He survived all that, and he came on top, and then he did some damage in the third and the fourth round. Took it over that fight, lost the lost the fifth. But um, you know, I, I look at that type of stuff. If he can get Izzy down, I think he dominates the fight. I think he oh. may, I think he makes Izzy a different fighter. That's the thing. That's that's the whole thing. Look, if he gets it, if he got him down in the first round, the fight's going to be almost over because he's going to do damage. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Izzy is not the guy that is going to be able to fight off his back and be dangerous to Gegard. Gegard knows that and Gegard's going to open up in, yeah. in getting after him. And you, you look, you say, okay, how much damage can he do to him in that, you know, amount of time that he has him on the ground, be it, you know, four minutes, three and a half, three, two and a half, whatever it is, how much damage can he do to him? Because he's got to do enough damage where now Izzy, when he gets back, you know, to his corner, gets his one minute rest and now comes out is not the fighter he no. was when he walked into that cage. Definitely. And look, Gegard can do that. He's got that ability and his ground. I honestly don't think that if Gegard was on top of Izzy, Izzy's going to survive the round from a yeah. submission. Submission wise, he's good. You know, there's, there's nobody that Izzy has fought that's put him in the position of danger on the ground that you would see from Gegard. Yeah. Not, not many people have put Izzy on the ground. Let's just be honest. So yeah, that's true. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> Our next question. Our next question is from Arsalan Ahmed. He asked, uh, do you think weight cutting and fighting should be stopped? It just seems like it's become a game of how much weight can I cut down so I can be bigger than my opponent opponent on the night as opposed to skill. John, the, qu the question is this though, how do you stop it? That's not like, here's the thing. Like, I, sure, we can yeah. say, hey, you guys can't weight cut. How do you stop it? 
Like if I give you a hydration test, those things can be cheated. I mean, sure, they're going to be a little bit harder to cheat. I think if you have someone watching your dick while you pee, but it's like one of it's it's really what it comes down to because you've yeah, seen yeah, I've heard we've heard of guys that have used the wizenator, you know, the fake oh, yeah. the fake penis, you know, to sure. try to, to try to take a drug test. And but how do you stop weight cutting? Weight cutting is one of those things that people they feel better when they wake up. Some people do, and some people perform better when they don't wake cut. And we've seen guys that perform better when they don't wake cut. So, I mean, fighters are kind of just doing it to themselves. I think it's more of the wrestlers that have a mental breakthrough like I do is that I feel like, okay, that's my last little bit that I need to do before I feel like I'm officially ready for this fight. But that's all stuff that's been just ingrained in me over years from wrestling for a wrestling match mm-hmm. and for getting ready for a fight. And I think a lot of fi- a lot of wrestlers will have problems with that coming into their f- fights. But other fighters that have never, that came from kickboxing backgrounds or anything, they haven't, they don't, you know, not a lot of them cut weight. Boxing guys, they don't really cut weight. So they would probably be just as good with or without the weight cut. Probably better. They do now. Yeah. Even boxers. Weight cutting has become an epidemic in combat sports. And if you're going to be honest and say, you know, is weight cutting something that I would like to get rid of? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's just because it's healthier for the athletes by far. There's nothing that anyone can sit there and say, weight cutting is good for you because of this. It's not. It's horrible for you. You know? Like you're saying, many fighters, and especially guys that came from a wrestling background, they look at it as an advantage, an advantage that they have over their opponent that I have mentally done this so many times that I know exactly where I'm at and I'm going to get to a point where I am going to be this big on the night of the fight. You have to suffer more to get to that, that weight limit that you have to make. And that's going to make you less tomorrow night when I have to face you. And, and it's, look, at it's a legal, it's a legal, you know, tool that some guys look at as far as it's an advantage to me. And I don't blame them for that, but it's either it's, I look at it. It's it's like PEDs, you know, you can sit there and say, you're going to get rid of it. You can't, there's no way that you're ever going to get rid of them not going to happen no you know it's almost like it's you're better off saying just do what do what you're going to do you know but that's not healthy and no. it's not wise no, and because so there's going to be happen. a lot of guys that don't want to use them because later Absolutely. on in life they want to be able to function yeah well, so then, i i agree with you and so you're forcing guys that wouldn't do it to do it to try to compensate for what's happening yeah and an advantage someone's getting on them so i do think that there's ways that you could get about uh doing the actual hydration and making it so guys don't cut near as much weight they're always going to cut yeah but not cutting near as much weight it would be healthier for them and i think those things should be brought into play yeah i think for the for mma i think it's you have weight classes every 10 pounds until you get to 185 that's Mm -hmm. it i think that's a that's one of the first ways to do it for the lower lower guys the um well no to 170 155 to 170 yeah, I mean, you really would only be adding that one weight class, 65, 75, that'd be it. Yeah. Because then, then it goes 75, 85, and then you yep. wouldn't go 95 because there's just not enough talent at that level. You know, between 95 and 205, you would be, you'd be cannibalizing the rest of the weight classes from 85 to 205. Well, and the ha- weight classes are already there. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You They're know all that. part of the rules, but it's yeah. what a promotion wants to use. Yeah, I got you. I understand what you're saying. Okay, one more. We'll do one last question. Uh, speaking of uh, weight classes, David asks, why is the heavyweight belt gets defended once per year? 
<laughs> you have to ask your champion that. That's what you have to ask. It really comes down to that. It does. It like does. it comes down to the champions. They need to be they need to be willing and ready to fight at all times. And they aren't. If you look at when Kane was fighting, Kane was a little bit more active of a fighter. I mean, he was plagued with a lot of injuries, but when he was the champion, he wanted to fight as much as he could because he knew the championship money was the most. But here's the other thing. Fighters, when they become champion, they want to enjoy the moment. And they yeah. kind of get away from all the things that got them to be champion. And they just keep, they want to go out and they want to go do the NASCAR thing. They want to go do the basketball thing. They want to throw the first pitch of the baseball. I want to be the judge at the Hawaiian's Tropic Bikini Contest. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame well, him for that. Well, is he, is he uh, Adesanya? He's he's one of the commentators for Roy Jones and uh, Mike Tyson. And Mike Tyson. So it's like, and they're sparring th match. Those are great things. I get it. Those are great things. But it's like they it's not just that. There's plenty of other things that they just allow themselves to get distracted with. And they're like, hey, they call, hey, do you want to fight? Oh, well, I need more time because you know, I haven't been really training. Like, you know what I mean? Like things start to get in the way when you're the champion. And when you have a when you have a champion like that, as a promotion, you need to be thinking, okay, how can I get you beat? I'm just saying on a business aspect of it all, how can I get you beat? Because if you're only gonna fight once a year, I can't market you. I can't, I can't bring in more i can't sell you for more pay-per-views whatever your pay-per-view dollars are you've got to be able to cover those and if you're not covering it then what am i doing having you as my champion my now my goal is to get you beat so if you're fighting two three times a year and fans are starting to like you and starting to follow you okay then we can start seeing some numbers go up and i can i can justify paying you the two dollars and three dollars a pay-per-view buy right now if your champion is not doing that promotions are thinking how can i get you to lose just my two cents no, it's true. You know, one of the things when you look at heavyweights, many times the heavyweights are taking more damage. Yeah. Look, just what happens, they're, a they're able to absorb more because of more body mass, but those, those collisions, they tend to uh, crash the car a whole lot quicker and destroy the car. And a lot of them, because of the big clashes, they end up getting hurt and they're always working through injuries. And so it's not that, you know, it's better athletes at the smaller weight classes, faster. They get hit, but they don't get hit near as much in certain ways. So there's a whole lot of elements that go to it. But. Well, in, in the in the process of all this, though, there's one guy, Francis Ngannou, who's sitting around wasting around his problem. Oh, He's I complaining know, about dude. it right now. He's been I don't complaining. blame him. I don't blame him either. Nobody else. He, well, see, he can't he suffered no damage other than his fight with Stipe yeah. because he gets rid of everyone in 25 seconds. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Uh, and, but here's the thing. Stipe needs to be fighting. He needs to get this fight going. I mean, yeah. when, when did DC fight him? They fought in June, right? July, yes, June or July. July I, I want to say it was like, here it we are. July. We're going to be pushing January. They're already booked out by January. Why are you not fighting? Like I said, as a promotion, and then and here's the thing, and I got into Stipe a little bit on the, like from the past, but you wonder why they never did you any favors for booking you with the DC thing and taking, you know, and they took their time. They took their time because this, now you're not fighting again for another nine months. I mean, then you're going to need a camp. And then it's like, okay, like I, I like him as a fighter. I think he's good. I think he's really good. 
Don't don't mess with my steep. I dude. know, but it's just it's, this is here's the thing. <laughs> he 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 whined and cried a lot about you know the when when DC was holding out for the Brock Lesnar fight and blah blah yeah. blah. And then now then then when he became champion and beat DC, then he held out for oh my eye my eye my eye for the longest time. I get it. Okay, if your eye was really hurt, cool. And I believe it probably was. Okay, but then you get into then you get into this. Now it's been almost eight months or whatever, six months, seven months. When are you going to get into another camp? Let's get this fight. And God was like, he's like, I haven't even got a contract. I haven't even been, hasn't been like presented to me like, hey, this date. That means that they're already booking fights. Who got booked for February? You just said someone got booked for February or April. Um, Come on, use that. Is it, is it Buckley? Yeah, anyways, Buckley or someone else got put. Anyways, oh. some of these fights are getting booked already for February and uh, March and April. Like, well, where, where are you at in that mix there? Stipe and, and Dan was... In mid mid August, pull up that fight. Think, yeah, it was right August. there, August fifteenth. Okay, okay, so so August. so August, so September, October, November, December. So only four months. Sorry, my bad. Yeah. Then I just went okay, on a tangent for no reason. Sorry, guys. I was, I was kind of like, I think it was faster than that. So four it months seems like it's a while ago, but but let's there's be, just been so many fights. That's why. Okay, but let's be real. Both yeah. those guys didn't have a great didn't have a great performance. I thought Stipe looked actually pretty good. It was a good. Fight. I was gonna say Stipe actually he looked, looked pretty good. good. It was, but it wasn't. There wasn't a lot of like, there, you know, I guess, I don't know. I didn't see a lot of them, either one of them taking a whole lot of damage in that fight. Four months, you take a month off. You're training for three, you're back to training for three months. I mean, you're the champion. This is when you want, you want, like, this is when you got to soak in as much money as you possibly can. True. That's the thing. Like, I you're agree. getting that's, paid that's championship dollars. And, like, and you're getting, this is your time to freaking get yeah. your money and get out. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, I don't know. That's. <laughs> <laughs> Stipe, I like you, man. I like you a lot, but you you gotta fight more, man. You gotta fight more. Um, anyways, all right. Well, hey, you know what? Let's wrap this bad boy up, okay? Yeah. I think your wife's texting me. Get off the damn phone. <laughs> all right, <laughs> guys. Is. Hey, there's a couple things. Uh, go to mybookie.ag or mybookie.com. Use the promo code Wayne in. And uh, they will give you 50% on your first initial uh, deposit. So if you deposit 500, they will give you 250. You deposit 1,000, they'll give you 500. Okay, it only goes up to $1,000. So your biggest uh, deposit that they will match you with is $500. So they give 50% of what you initially deposit. Go to mybookie.ag, promo code Wayne in. Also, go to YouTube, hit the thumbs up. That shares our videos. Not only does it share our videos, what it does, it also gets rid of Ariel Hawani and DC and John Anik and, and Kenny Florian. It gets, it gets rid of them in the comment and the sections off to the right. And it starts putting our stuff in there as well. No, I love those guys. All right. I love all of them. Good people. Um, I just want to let you guys know the thumbs up, even if you give us, give us a thumbs down, which I prefer you don't do, but that still also recommends our video to other people as well. So do us that huge solid. And I appreciate it as well as go to all the audio platforms and hit the subscribe button there. You can listen to us in your car. I know a lot of people like to watch us because I give a lot of funky facial expressions, especially towards John. And uh, <laughs> a lot of you pointed them out when I had against Gian on uh, Saturday. Come on, man. You guys could tell. So go go to the audio platform as well. You can listen to us in your car when you're in traffic or if you guys are traveling for the holidays coming up, you're traveling from store to store to try and buy Christmas gifts, whatever it is, go ahead and give us a listen in the car as well. So also, we um, are now active on YouTube. We're already at 2,000 subscribers on YouTube, uh, not YouTube, on uh, Twitter. Twitter. Go to, go to our Twitter page. It's at Wayne In. Go to our Twitter page. 
hit the follow button and we appreciate you guys and start following us, start sharing our Twitter as well. So we're active on there. We've already got about 2000, I think that are on there. And uh, I want to thank you guys all for the support as well as happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Okay. Enjoy your time with your family and uh, lock your doors. If you guys bought a big Turkey, make sure you guys lock your doors, have cameras <laughs> out front. Don't let the cops knock <laughs> on the door. Look, I'm, I'm poking fun cause I'm in California. So I got Newsome looking through my windows, uh, but I want to, I want you guys all to please enjoy. Don't drink and drive, be safe. And uh, John, what's the one last thing you have to say? First thing I want to oh. say is happy Thanksgiving to everyone. I hope yeah. you all have a great day. I hope you spend it with family. I don't give a shit what governors say. They're a bunch of idiots because they don't live by their own words. So in the end, have a great day and we will see you.